everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of Like a Street Photography Collective. I'm Ricky, and today's guest is Tony Mobley. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell the podcast a little about you, sir? Uh, thanks for having me, Ricky. Uh, so as Ricky just stated eloquently, uh, my name is Tony Mobley. I am a street slash documentary photographer from Washington, D.C., Born and raised, I've uh, been here all my life, and uh, currently I live right outside of the city in D.C. And, uh, you know, last year uh, I partake in a lot of the uh, protests here in D.C., shooting throughout uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. So it's great to be with you, Ricky. Oh, thank you, thank you again. Um, so first question is, you said you're in D.C. Do you know Craig Clark? Very uh, no, popular Not by now. name. Okay. Okay. Not by name, but... You know, that really doesn't mean anything because I may know that individual by face. Mm-hmm. So, okay. He's always in uh, DC. He does street portraits. Great photographer, great friend. Um, yeah, so uh, you'll probably bump into him one day. Um, okay. The photo behind you, did you take it? Yes, I did. Uh, I took that photo back in 2018 that was doing the uh, first Unite the Right uh, protest, which was uh, about a year or so after. Charlottesville. Uh, of course, a lot of white supremacists decided they wanted to march on D.C., so that photo was actually snapped uh, on that anniversary of the uh, the riots in Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. It's really nice. I like it. Thank you. I, I Thank thought you. it was actually part of the the protest that started last year. Um, um, but, again, it's, it's, all, it's really nice. You take a lot of Thank pictures you. of protests? I do. Um, here lately over the last say three or four years, I've been heavily protest-oriented, if you will. Uh, I started off, you know, in my earlier years shooting a lot of uh, events, uh, shooting a lot of concerts, and it kind of just morphed into more of a social justice uh, type of deal for me, whereas, uh, you know, it got me into the street shooting protests and things of that nature. So uh, over the last three or four years, the majority of what I've actually shot uh, has been protests, even though I do portrait work on the side as well. Okay. I've seen some of your portraits. Very nice as well. Colors and Thank the lighting. Um, so when did you start photography? When did you start making photos? Uh, you know, I started actually, Ricky, taking pictures, man, ever since I was around 9 or 10 years of age. Um, I've always had some sort of a camera with me. Uh, back in the day, obviously, it was film. I've had the Instamatics, the little Vivitars with the little flash bulb on top. Uh, but I didn't really seriously get into shooting professionally until about 2010. Um, so I would say over the last 11 years is when I really got serious uh, with photography. Okay. What um, what was it that just sparked your your love and your passion to make it like your, your, your thing? Like, this is what I want to do. Right. Well, you know, I've always... I've always been fascinated by the camera, uh, even at a young age, uh, you know, fascinated in terms of the buttons, in terms of the numbers, the apertures, you know, uh, getting the right exposure. And I just always enjoyed early on captivating uh, family members. Okay. Uh, and, then it, and then as I kind of grew into this thing, um, I just enjoy telling stories more or less. I enjoy shooting uh, people from all backgrounds and cultures and, uh, you know, I like seeing people happy and and, and, and and catching those seminal moments, if you will, when it comes to shooting street photography or, or documenting photography. So um, that's kind of like been my thing, um, just being able to, to kind of, like I said, tell those stories 
of, uh, of various people that I encounter uh, in my walk. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, photographs, they, I mean, that's what they document what's happening right now. So especially with the protests, I'm sure there's a hundred photographers everywhere you look, but each one's view and take on telling their story is completely different. Uh, I right. do appreciate I do appreciate how you tell your stories really really nice. Um but when did you, you first encounter street photography? Well, that's a great question. So, as I was stating earlier, I used to shoot a lot of concert photography. Uh one of the artists that I used to shoot a lot was a guy by the name of Raheem Devon who was local here in the DC area. Uh Raheem being an, a singer is also uh a social activist. And so a lot of his songs are social activist driven uh, and a lot of his songs deal with the everyday struggle of black and brown people, uh, but not so much struggle. I mean, his songs deal about, you know, love and hope uh, as well as struggle. So Raheem used to actually, you know, step out of the studio. And this was around the time that Trayvon Martin was killed. Uh, he had a, uh, an Internet radio show uh, in D.C. called Studio 202, which is run by a good friend of mine named Ron Dixon. And so uh, we decided to pretty much take to the street. Raheem would go out and protest. I think one of the very first protests that comes to mind was Occupy Wall Street, which, of course, kind of morphed into Occupy D.C., so on and so forth. Um, and so that was kind of like the, the, the initiation, if you will, for me in terms of actually being out in the street shooting those type of events. And, um, and from there, man, it just kind of took off to it being more of a full-time thing I felt more like of, uh, I guess you could say like a, a self-worth, yeah. more self-worthy in terms of shooting. You know, my people uh, love concerts, love music, but I, I felt like I got more out of shooting uh, real things, if you will, um, mm. things that actually affected us in real time. And so that's kind of like where my main focus has been uh, since that point. I got you. So I, I'm, I'm very similar w with that feeling because when I first started, it was landscapes, and then I moved into portraits, and I worked mm -hmm. a lot into portraits, um, not professionally, just I wanted to learn. Uh, I wasn't really serious about it, because I'm in the military, so military obviously okay. consumes, consumes most of my time, uh, but I would do it, most of my photography was portraits, and then I kind of like was losing interest in photography altogether, and then I was introduced into street photography. And from there, I've never thought of anything other than street photography. I still do a couple portraits here and there, um, but my main focus is on street photography and pretty much exactly like you said, when you get out there, you just feel more alive. And every time I yeah. go out, leave the house, even if I go to work, I always have my camera with me just because you never know. So. Nah, yeah, I like, your, I like your work, man. And obviously, you seem to be a fan of black and white like myself. Oh, yeah. Um, so, nah, I dig your work. It's, it's cool. And... and you know, just to see, you know, other kin kin folk, I, I call it in terms of photography. I know we have this kinship. It's just it's dope to see, man. Even on your side of the world, right? So that's dope. Yeah. So uh, this Halloween weekend, um, uh, do you know Dante Hendrix? No, no, not by name. No. Okay, he's putting together like uh, a collaborative magazine. He's trying to create for Halloween. Uh -huh. uh, so uh -huh. he he asked if I could contribute some of that. So I'm gonna try to go find some some halloween events um okay. so um, now tell me where specifically are you i'm in okinawa japan you in okinawa okay yeah, so, so you are in what branch i see an air force symbol yeah it's air force okay how long you been in 
Uh, he, I just, I'm about to make 12 years on the 9th. Okay. So, and so where are you from originally? Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Chi-Town. Okay, yeah. that's what's up. We, okay. we, we, we say the S. I think it's silent. Illinois. It's however you want to say, you know. Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm from the city in um, okay. South Loop, close to downtown. Um, okay. Very, very, uh, I don't know how to say this, but a tough bring, like, it's it's one of those rough neighborhoods that just make you stronger growing up. So I definitely right. appreciate everything Chicago's done for me, everything I've saw and experienced. It's, it's all part of my life and my story, so. Um, Bill's Bill's character, right? It does. It does. Um, right. Tough skin, right? So, are are you originally from DC? I'm originally from DC. Yes, sir. Okay, born and raised. Yeah, Northeast DC. You got it. Perfect. Uh, so, what mediums do you shoot? Like film? I know you mentioned you shot film. Do you still shoot film, or are you just strictly digital now? I, you know, I, I shoot film every now and again. I have a I have a Yashica medium mm-hmm. format um, over here to the side of me that I shoot with from time to time. But primarily, I shoot full frame digital okay uh, yep that's primary to my go-to which uh camera do you use um i shoot last summer pretty much i shot with a leica m10 okay uh 35 millimeter f2 sumacron um, i also combo. have a huh? <laughs> it says the best combo the 35 you, you like that yeah, yeah i'm a 35 so, uh, guy you're 35 guy too so yeah i like the 35 i also have a a q2 which is a 28 millimeter fixed lens um, and also an SL2 uh, as well as a monochrome but primarily last year man I shot pretty much with the M10 monochrome okay in the uh, in the regular M10 all the beautiful Leica gears I like it mm-hmm. all right so uh, my next thing I want to give a, a big thanks to Remigio he's the one who introduced me to you um, and because of him now you're on the show and all the listeners know who you are now uh, but we're right. going to move into a photo I selected from your Instagram, um, which you can plug your Instagram handle so people know how to find you. Okay. My Instagram handle is at Tone Mobley. That's T-O-N-E and Mobley, M-O-B-L-E-Y. Okay. So the photo I selected, uh, it looks like it was a protest. It was really hard to pick, but I, I really wanted to capture like something that said everything in one. Uh, and... Okay. This one, it was kind of interesting. Like, I don't know the woman's story, but the hat. You are hat. on Indian land. Okay. It's a woman holding the hat. Yes. Uh, so, could you tell us about this particular moment? Um, what you remember about the photo? Where it was? Um, pretty much. Okay. That experience. Yeah, so this particular image was actually taken in Washington, D.C., at Freedom Plaza, which is downtown, uh, during the Women's March. And I want to say this was January of 2018. Um, And I want to say it was like backstage. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was, I believe, one of the activists in town for that particular weekend. As you know, when you have a Women's March, you've got various factions of of protesters uh, protesting various things, of course. Uh, So I just thought her hat was interesting. Um, You know, as as we sit back and reflect, and think about uh, days like uh, so-called Columbus Day, which is now Indigenous Day. Uh, we have to, you know, always pay homage to the people who were actually here first, which are our Native American brothers and sisters. So I thought it was apropos to, to, to snap a shot of her 
being Native American, and uh, as you see, you are on Indian land, and, and that's all factual. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what it meant to me, capturing something that was factual, capturing something that was meaningful, and uh, something that should hit home for all of us. It did definitely every like I said that that whole photo just told the entire story. Um, you look at it and you instantly know what it, what, what it's representing. I didn't know it was on. Uh, well, I still call it Columbus Day. I guess it's just kind of because when you're young, that's how we called it. But you're right; it is Indigenous People Day, which just passed yeah. a couple weeks ago. Um, Indeed. But yeah, I do. I do we, really we, appreciate. We've been that. brainwashed though. <laughs> so uh, it, yeah, it's kind of weird, like because in Chicago, the Sears Tower. It's um, right now. I think it's called the Willis Tower because like some insurance company bought it. But okay. no one in Chicago calls it the Willis Tower. It will forever be known as Always the Sears be. Tower. Always be exactly. So it's just right. kind of it just sticks in your head, whatever how how you know it as. Right. Um, so, exactly. Um, I'm sure more people in the generation ago would just be known as Indigenous People Day. Uh, but no disrespect to anybody. We're not here for that. Yes, for sure. So uh, my next question is: How do you force yourself to make better photos? Right. Uh, most times photographers they get in a comfort zone and they kind of just stick to making photos on what they know um, same aperture same shutter speed same focal length under zone focusing uh, how do you step out of that comfort zone and challenge yourself to make better photos well you know that's a great question I think when you shoot protests and documentary photos uh you know, to me, your scene is always moving. Mm -hmm. So you don't really have a chance to to pick and choose necessarily how you want to shoot. You don't get a chance to necessarily so-called set the table. Yeah. Uh, the table setting is always changing. So that in itself is a challenge for me. I think when I look at the way I shoot, I try to try to stay consistent more so with the way I actually compose and frame my shots. Um, I typically will stay with a auto ISO, just to kind of curb a lot of my actual changes within the camera itself. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm normally around F8, anywhere from F, F, F4 to F8. When I'm looking for, uh, when I'm trying to separate, for example, a subject from the crowd, I'll drop down to, you know, F2, uh, 1.4, perhaps 2.0. But um, I don't know. I think when you're shooting, like I said, documentary and street stuff, especially a protest, uh, it's a it's an evolving, always changing scene, right? Yeah. So um, you just have to be consistent, and 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 with us shooting Leicas, you have to know how to zone focus as well. Oh yeah. Uh, which is which is very important with a rangefinder. Um, so I'm never I'm comfortable with the camera, but since the scene is always changing, man, hey bro, it's it's like man, you got to kind of like understand the flow of the camera and the scene, and kind of go from there. Like I don't think there's really a rhyme or reason when you're shooting uh, a manual camera per se. Oh, you definitely have to be one with the camera, especially with, you have with to fast be one. moving subjects. So uh, Yes, yeah, you really have to be one. I mean, I think for me, the one thing that I've learned, Ricky, is to to pack my patience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I feel like when I'm patient, I feel like the shot will come to me in due time. I just have to scan the field, survey, and again, pick out those 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 powerful moments that I see. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just go from there. So that's, uh, it's kind of, I think the most uh, built, it's like, it builds the most patience. 
Because mm-hmm. most people, if they don't have that patience, they'll just continue yeah. high shooting or just keep firing right. off the shutter. Right. Um, and, you know, they you might get lucky. Eye, you, you have to let your eye develop, yeah. right? You know, just because I, just because if I'm on a basketball court, if I see the hoop 30 feet away, doesn't mean that that's necessarily the best shot, even though it may be an open shot, right? Yeah. So my idea of a great shot is to be as close to the subject as I can. Um, that way, I think the story is stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it makes it seem as though that I'm directly right in the scene with the subject, um, as opposed to being a sniper, like you say, you know, yeah. just popping off pictures. So um, all shots that may look like good shots are not necessarily, quote unquote, good shots. No, so I, I, I try exactly. to feel, you know what I'm saying? So I try to make sure that the viewer feels that I was intimately right there mm-hmm. with the subjects. I do like how you get really close in, in a lot of these uh, yeah. marches and the, the protests. So uh, the intimacy, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've, I've noticed even myself, and I, I I will admit I'm guilty for this, but I start talking to myself when I'm in the zone where I'm, I'm seeing images where I previously would have taken just to take it. Where now I'm like, nope, that's not a good photo. Nope, that's not interesting. Um, so picking the photo, like you said, developing your eye and picking a better photo instead of just taking a photo and hoping you got lucky and it's just a good one. If you didn't get it by luck, then, oh, well, just go out and keep shooting more and you'll get the one that you really do want. So Yeah. I mean, there are times when I'll take a shot with the thought that it may be my only moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there have been those times, um, but you know, more more often than not, you know, I try to be strategic about how I place myself so that I'm able to get like an unobstructed view of what I'm trying to actually shoot. Yeah, I hate obstacles. Um, where I see a really nice moment, and I take something, and there's just some kind of block like a, a pole or something that's just it shouldn't be there and it just ruins the image and i'm like uh mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. have you ever had a a situation where you missed a shot where you felt like oh man this could have been my breakthrough shot like this could have put me over the top uh that's a good question i don't i missed shots let me just say that now, whether or not i thought it was going to be a breakthrough shot um Maybe when I used to shoot concerts, mm-hmm. I may have felt that way. Um, but I don't really get that feeling now. Like, obviously, you know, we all miss shots from time to time. Um, that's why I was saying earlier, if there's a situation where I don't feel I'm able to get the shot that ideally I want, I'll snap with the hopes that maybe what I want will come into play, if okay. that makes sense. It does. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, just like in basketball, you know, you, you know, I'll pass hoping that I may get that ball back if I'm the one that's cutting to the rim, for example. So mm-hmm. you try to position yourself so that maybe, you know, that that moment will come back to you um, or at least uh, some semblance of that moment will come back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 
it's it's it's, it's tricky. It's like I said, it's, it's always ever evolving. So you just have to be on your p's and q's. Okay. So what do you like most about being a photographer? Man, what do I like most about being a photographer? I, I like. I like showing people like in a positive light. I like being able to show the pureness of people in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love shooting emotion and feelings. I think those things convey strongly to the viewer's eye uh, when you can actually freeze that moment in time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. and look back at a picture five or ten years from now, um, those are the things that I think that I get out of photography the most. Um, you know, a lot of times we shoot, and images per se may not necessarily mean anything to us at that given moment, but when you look back at it, you know, five, ten, twenty years later, you know, they have a lot of meaning. Um, you know, I always say that when it comes to, like, wedding photography, for example, or any sort of event photography, you know, a lot of folks never want to really pay the photographer they just do. Oh, yeah. But out of everything at a wedding, you'll forget what you ate. You'll forget more than likely what song you danced to. You may forget who was actually at the wedding. But the photos will stand the test of time, right? And so that's the greatness to me of of being a photographer is is being able to create something that will stand the test of time you can't beat that you cannot yep so it's funny you mentioned wedding photography when i first started um photography altogether um i knew wedding photography is something i never wanted to do just because I known wedding photographers and they tell me how much work goes into it. Mm-hmm. I, I had someone reach out to me and ask me to shoot an all day wedding for fifty dollars. Mm. <laughs> and that's criminal. Yeah, yeah. I politely declined the first time, saying that I have no experience and I'm not interested. But the person was just very persistent on, you know, trying to get me to shoot their their wedding for fifty dollars. Or it just got mm-hmm. to the point I just kind of just started ignoring them. Mm-hmm. Whoever is a wedding photographer, you have the most patience I know. Cause to shoot one event from sun up to sundown and past takes a lot of patience. Right. Yeah. Different kind of patience. Cause you know, street photography, you you have to be patient with yourself. Going back to earlier conversation. Yes, you do. So what no connects you to it. your your subjects when when you're out there? Uh, how do you pick? the subjects you want to shoot um yeah what is it like you, you just see someone and you, you kind of gather an em- empathetic feeling or you you just like i need to shoot this person how do you connect with them well you know when you go out i think the main thing that i look for are i look for subliminal messages i look for overt overt messages um I look for all of those type of signs, including, you know, various emotions. I look for, you know, happiness, pain. Um, I look for people that I feel like 
will help tell the story that I'm trying to actually create from the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think the the greatest joy I receive is when I receive messages from people all throughout the world who, who say that they felt like they were there at that particular moment. Um, so that's kind of telling me that I'm sort of on the right track mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, what I try to, to, to document. Um, but yeah, I think uh, when I look at, for example, people on the street protesting, I look at them, Ricky, as being creators in their own right. You know, um, you know, they could be creative with call and response. They could be creative with various signs. So for me, in that respect, I think it's kind of easy to gravitate towards the more powerful messages that they're trying to convey, right? Yeah. Um, so I, it comes kind of natural to me. Um, I just have to pick and choose kind of like in what sequence I want to tell that story or who I want to approach, you know, next in a sense. Um, but I mean, this last year was so powerful in the sense that you had so many moving parts. Um, you just had to kind of get in where you fit in and make sure that you capture that moment the right way. Um, for me, I think the, the most, diff- most difficult part would be trying to just compose your shot the correct way, right? Um, but there's enough out there, you know, to, to, to tell those stories accurately. All right. So when you find a subject you want to capture, uh, what do you want your photos to say? Well, I want my photos to say exactly what that person or persons is trying to communicate, is trying to, you know, whatever messaging that it is that they're trying to get out, whether it's, you know, a fit of rage, whether it's just a solemn black power fist in the air. Um, you know, my job is just to kind of document what I see in that particular moment. Um, and so with that being said, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking at anything, hands, all kinds of emotions, uh, men, women, black, white, you know, children, it doesn't matter. Anybody that's out there that has a message, because the way I look at protests is I feel like everybody is trying to use their individual voices to to get a word out that they otherwise would not be able to get out if there weren't photographers like us, for example, there to take those photos. Um, so, you know, I'm just like a conduit, if you will, for people who otherwise cannot be or were not able to be at a particular event or protest. Okay. So I do know the protest... Uh that sparked um, a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests. They, they they were all the way over here in Japan. Like even the Japanese people were having um, the protests are a little more peaceful than the states, but they were still mm-hmm. supporting the movement. Uh, and they were, okay. Japanese people were out there supporting with their own little marches and parades, and they're very civil. That's what's up. Yeah, you you don't see them in the news because they're not like the U.S. where you got riots happening because of them. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not placing blame on anyone for the riots but uh it's just it's just you know a a different sight to see when you see 
the peace the people uh, supporting your message over here. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, a lot of support. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends in in Europe, and they said they were doing the same too. So, okay, yeah, that's dope. I I, I saw some of the ones in Europe. Didn't see any in Asia, but uh, but no, nah, that that's not surprising at all. And uh, I mean, as far as the rides go, everything was peaceful here. I mean, we had a few situations, but you know, a lot of that stuff was actually sparked by uh, a lot of your pro-Trump slash rioters, protesters, whatever you want to call them. Uh, your proud boy faction, um, but most of the Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was there, you know, pretty much day and night, and so I can definitely uh, account for that for sure. We want safety for everyone, so one right. day we'll get there. One day, right? Peace amongst all. But so going back to these protests that you like to document, uh, there's obviously so many moving parts, right? Lot fast speed, nonstop movement. Uh, what's your your shooting process like? Do you like how many cameras you like to carry? Stuff like that. Are you just in out? Obviously, zone focus. Find your your thing and go. Uh, when you do street style portraits, do you take a lot of time? Talk to people, get to know them. That's a good question. So I I normally take two cameras with me, um, but I normally primarily just shoot with one. Um, I feel like. If I switch cameras, you know, there may be times where I miss moments. Um, so the second camera, in essence, is just a backup camera. Um, I pretty much, like I said earlier, shoot with a 35 millimeter, so I'm pretty much able to capture most scenes, um, knowing that if there's a scene that perhaps is further away, I can always crop in post. Um, but I pretty much zoom with my feet. Um, so if there's a situation where I feel like I need to be closer, I'll just move in to get whatever shot that I need. Um, when it comes to fast move, moving objects or subjects, I should say, I typically um, am able to zone focus uh, at times, but there are times when I'm able to mainly focus just straight through the camera. I'm just kind of used to and understanding distance in terms of where the subject is as, as it relates to, you know, my camera. Um, so, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much it. And obviously there's situations where uh, I've got like a static subject where I'm able to to focus in mm-hmm. uh, at that moment, then I can do that as well. Okay. Have you pra- tried practicing or maybe you're very fluent with it, um, muscle memory focus? I have. I've... Uh, what I try to do is I try to make sure that I've got my my thumb and my wheel centered mm-hmm. so that I already know that I'm about four feet in terms of measurable distance for most subjects. And then, like you said, for muscle memory, I'll know if I need to, to go in or go out with my focus point, depending on how I move or depending on how the subject moves. Okay. Have you ever... Uh second guess your zone focus before i i have it happens to me all the time where I, i'll set it and then i'm like did i have it set right and then i'll look down and i oh I'm, I'm good to go yeah i well you know normally when i'm zone focusing i normally try to go with you know like a f8 f9 aperture so you know i can pretty much get everything 
okay. and focus. Yeah. I mean, you got to be skillful as hell to to zone focus at F2. <laughs> Almost, yeah. I, I've tried doing that once. Uh, a lot of missed shots on the M3. <laughs> oh, right, this, right. This, this film's no good. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, man, you know, F.A. is always a, always a sweet spot. Um, if there's any doubt, obviously, you can go all the way to F11, F9, uh, just to make sure, again, like you've got that range that you need. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and more often than not, man, you know, you, know, you pretty much get what you need. Um, you might want to get a couple of shots off in between that range just to make sure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Are you working on any projects at the moment? Photo book, design, short-term, long-term? Um, I'm not really, per se, working on any projects. I, I am scheduled to do some traveling uh, in January. Um, I'm scheduled to go uh, out to Ghana, so I'm thinking about taking this trip out to Ghana, and I want to obviously document my travels there. Um, I do have, uh, I'm trying to think, I just had some work that ended in a few museums, uh, one being uh, in Baltimore, uh, at Full Circle Gallery that just ended in September. I had a, had a show in New Mexico uh, Museum that ended in September. Uh, but I've got a show coming up in January with two, actually three friends of mine, uh, Dee Dwyer, Sharice May, and Andre Chung that we'll be doing for uh, Black History Month. Okay. And that will begin in January, uh, and that will end the end of February. I uh, also have some work going into the African American Museum sometime next year. Oh, that's really uh, good. That, yeah, that's already been signed off on. We just got a, like a delay due to COVID. It was supposed to happen next month in November, but due to COVID uh, pushing everything back, uh, it's not going to happen until 2022. Okay. Well, so, well congratulations that's on that. That's, right now. that's pretty big. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, how sure. did you? Because uh, I've been trying, and I'm I'm a very social person. I can talk to anybody, so I just go into random places and I start talking to people, trying to, um, you know, work with them. Uh, how did you? How did you get your first show? I don't know how many exhibitions you've had, but uh, sounds like you may have had a few. Or is this your first one? Yeah, I've had. Uh, I've had three shows, not by myself, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. working collectively with other photographers, but I've been in three shows and I'm about to be in two more shows. Um, oddly enough, man, I've had like a lot of curators reach out to me through Instagram. Um, you know, IG has been great in that sense where, you know, fortunately for me, they've been able to find me and my work. Uh, and so that's kind of like how the conversation has started. Um, uh, obviously, I have some. Obviously, I've had some photography friends. Uh, for example, my girl Vanessa Charlotte, who was out of Miami, who had me in her Black Summer exhibit, uh, which was a virtual piece up at the Gage Gallery at Roosevelt University. Mm -hmm. She tied me into that, um, and that was because, of course, we knew each other and she knew my work. Um, so it's pretty much, I guess you could say, been word of mouth. Uh, through social media, uh, which has kind of worked out. Oh, that's good. Uh, very, very, very glad. And uh, I like to see people's with great work get recognized and especially put it into those different um, platforms, uh, shows, museums. You're the first person I've known to ever be uh, host their photos hosted in the museum. So, again, uh, congratulations on that. Oh, wow. Uh, Thank uh, you. Well, you know what? Remigio... 
has and I he has work that's going in the African American Museum as well. Ah, oh, he didn't tell me. So now you're still he the first. <laughs> He's the second. But, <laughs> right. So when did I don't know when you spoke to him last, but uh, we all got the word. This is what what is this October? I think we got the word, the official word. I want to say in August. Okay. Um, August September time frame. So so yeah, man. Um, that's gonna happen. So we're we're both excited about that for sure. That's that's real big for for both of you. So can't wait to see virtually, of course, because it'll probably be a long time before I go back to the states. So. Right. But I'm glad you you mentioned Instagram. Um, I want to ask you now is uh, what's your opinion on how social media is creating photographers? Well, I mean, I know there's been a lot of naysayers about social media um, in terms of uh, how people don't like uh, the logarithm, for example, how they don't like the, the so-called pressure of feeling as though they have to post to compete, if you will. Um, but for me, you know, I, I turn stuff like that, man, specifically like IG. I just try to turn it into a positive uh, it's it's probably the best way for a freelance photographer like myself to get noticed. Uh, probably the best way for people to get to know me as a photographer slash artist, if you will. Um, and it's free. You know, it's a, it's a free platform that allows all of us to express ourselves and to create work which can potentially be seen by thousands of people. Um, and so with that being said, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a great tool. And that's exactly how I look at it. I look at it as a tool. I don't post everything on IG, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, you know, I pretty much post, obviously, work that I'm doing currently. Uh, and I also think it's important for all of us to supposed to in a sense remain relevant if you will mm-hmm. um i'm not obsessive about it you know i know some people post a few times a day um but i just post to to remain relevant if you will uh, and obviously if i'm working with a client or so you know i may post uh in that regard uh, but i think it's a tool that if used correctly uh can be beneficial and it's it's been great for me uh in that sense and, uh, you know, I don't, in my mind's eye, I can't think of a better way uh, during these times to to get your work out there. Um, and so it's it's been good. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I've asked and had conversations with friends, and I pretty much feel the same way, just using it as a tool now. Uh, it, yeah. took, it took a little while to try to overcome that, that pressure, how you were saying, where you have to post every day to... You yep. want to be number one, right? Like MySpace top number one friend. Like if you weren't number mm-hmm. one, you were always last, right? That's. Uh, but it took me a little while. I got out of it, uh, and now I just I strictly use it as a tool, like you said. Um, I might yeah. post and a I, photo once a week, if that. Mm-hmm. If not, then I don't feel no kind of way. Right, and I think it's important to understand. You know, you have to be careful of what you ask for because, you know, there have been times when you know. When we were extremely busy last year, where I would post, and you know your phone was just jumping every five, ten minutes, where you're just 
so busy, you're inundated with comments, you're inundated with uh, inbox messages. Mm-hmm. Um, this it, it's it's all great, um, but there are times when you need to to kind of like uh, take a step back uh, for your mentals, if you will, uh, and kind of re-energize um, because it can be overwhelming at times. Okay. Has anyone or anything changed the way you feel about photography? Has anyone or thing situation? Or thing. Yeah, changed the way how you felt about photography. And and give me in what sense? Uh, like, good or bad? Like you're shooting and you're like, oh man, this is why I'm out here shooting. And then you're out shooting one day, and then you're like, oh. I don't want to shoot photography more. Has has there ever been a situation where you were just glad to be a photographer? There, let me say this. I, I've, there's nothing that has deterred me from ever wanting to go out and shoot. Um, you know, there have been times, i.e. January 6th, when, you know, I made a business decision and decided to stay home and not shoot. Mm-hmm. But that had that hasn't deterred me, or at that point, it didn't deter me from actually shooting what I feel to be meaningful events. I didn't think that was something that was meaningful for me to shoot. Um, but that's not to disparage any other photographers who felt like they needed to go out and cover that, right? Yeah. Um, but nah, man, I, I enjoy shooting, man. I, I could shoot, I could shoot every day. Um, obviously there are things that I prefer to shoot over others. Uh, but all in all, um, you know, I, I love shooting. I don't look at it and it doesn't feel like work to me because I actually love it. Uh, when it begins to feel like work, then maybe I may feel a different way, but I've always just had a pleasure with shooting. To me, it's very therapeutic. Um, and it's a release for me, if you will, right? Uh, when I'm out shooting, kind of like doing my thing. So all positive on my end. That's good. Uh, so far, I haven't met anyone with negative connotations of photography. So uh, photography is doing something good for all of us, right? Like you said, it's right. most people say it's therapeutic and that's how they release stress and, and disconnect from their everyday uh, lives. Mm-hmm. And it brings them back kind of like a refresh. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, man, there's, there are times when I feel like, you know, I should have shot something, you know, it could be a family member, you know, anything along those lines. There are times when I felt like I should have maybe shot something that I did not shoot, you know, and I may kick myself for that. Um, but also with that being said, you know, I'm a firm believer that you have to maintain and retain some things just for memory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just live in the moment. Um, so I don't feel like I necessarily have to capture everything, but there there are times when you think, oh, maybe I should have shot that. Um, but, you know, other than that, man, I, I love shooting, man. And, um, you know, I, I don't see myself ever not shooting. Okay, that's good. Uh, so you said you're going to Ghana. Have you traveled to other locations outside of the U.S.? Uh, how many states have you visited? Uh, I've probably been to about 37 states. 
um, if my number is correct, 36, 37. Um, I was just in the Bahamas uh, with, last month with my wife, but we were on our anniversary, so I wasn't able to shoot a whole lot, but I did <laughs> some, some light shooting, you know, while we were down in, in, in the Virgin, sorry, the Virgin Islands, in Nassau. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to this trip in January and, uh, and getting out there and, and shooting that. That's going to be fun. Okay. So if you had the opportunity to shoot anywhere in the world, uh, where would it be? If I had the opportunity to shoot anywhere in the world, where would it be? Wow. Narrow that down. Uh, ooh. I mean, the, I can't narrow it down. It's it's anywhere you... It's you, anywhere. It's anywhere. It's anywhere. Well, I've been, I've been to Egypt when I was in the Navy, so I've shot the pyramids. Oh, veteran. Um, yes, oh, Navy. Veteran days coming up. Doing anything for that? Uh, more than likely I will. Probably hang out with some of the guys. That's cool. For sure. Um... I want to go to Jamaica again and shoot that. Uh, I think right now for me, man, the thing that's on my on the forefront of my mind is is this Africa trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to Paris. I've shot there before. Did some street stuff on my own. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, in my mind's eye, I can't really think of anything per se. London is 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 there because I know they probably got a real dope street scene. It's I love London for street photography. Uh, you love London? Yeah, I, I lived in England for three years, uh, and pretty much the last year I was there, I was in, in London every weekend. Uh, after work, I would just go down, and, and I okay. would shoot. I, I loved it. I still love London. Okay. And I definitely want to get down to uh, to Cuba uh, at some point mm-hmm. and shoot down there. I think that would be real dope, too. So Dante and Remigio actually, they both been to Cuba and they say nothing but good things. Like the the shooting experience there is just one of a kind. So that's a place I would like to go. Uh, yeah, it's not my number yeah. one, but it's mm-hmm. definitely a place I would love to to make it out there and and get some shots in. Well, what's your number one? Uh, Bangkok. Bangkok. Okay. Yeah, uh, and only because I had plans to go. I have like this vision in my head on how I want to capture it, and it's like an itch. I'm not gonna get rid of it until I, you know, until it's gone. Gotta scratch that itch. Scratch it. Uh, I've been to Bangkok before, but I've never shot street photography there, so I know um, what it's, you know, what what I can get there. Uh, It's just Mm -hmm. very beautiful place. Uh, But that's my number one. Uh, Number two is Vietnam. Uh, That's another place I've seen photos of and. I've never been there, but I just, that's a place I really want to capture. So those are my okay. top two. Um, now, how long will you be in Okinawa? Uh, so this assignment is four years. I'm going to try to extend to take me to eight. Um, hopefully, I can get mm-hmm. my extension approved. Um, and then the Air Force will send me to the next location. But thank you for your service. I have to thank you because you are a veteran. Uh, so, no doubt. Uh, thank you as well. I uh, appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, so, 
of the places you've been to, would you like to like go back and and reshoot it? Right. Like for me, I've been to Paris once um, and I had mixed feelings about it. But that's a place where I do want to go back and revisit if I ever had the opportunity just to shoot it. I would say properly uh, with more uh, ticks and tools that I know in, in street photography now. Is there any location like that for you? You know, I, I've always said that I, I would like to, I've been to L.A. several times, but I would like to kind of like go to L.A. and just do nothing but street. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just do nothing but shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, and, I mean, I know they got a, a, a huge, like, tattoo culture, which is dope. Uh, I know they got a huge skate skating culture, which is dope. Um, so I would love to go to like LA, man, and just shoot for like two weeks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and obviously, when I get there, it's like I'm doing fifty, levied up other things. But that's kind of something that comes to my mind. LA is always a, to me a dope city. Love the weather. Um, I actually went to a Leica Academy uh, about three years ago, which was real cool. Um, so that's probably my spot, man. If I had to think of one. Um, I like Miami too. Miami is a good, a good street scene um, as well. If you like over in, uh, I think it's Little Haiti, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, I love the Wynwood district with the artists. If you ever been down to Art Basel, um, that's always a good look as well. Yeah. So I used to live in Fort Lauderdale when I was going to college for graphic design, um, mm-hmm. and I would visit Miami occasionally, go get some Cuban food or whatnot. Um, but that was a long, 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 long time ago before I even had my own camera. So um, I would probably go back to Miami and, and shoot it, definitely. Spend a day shooting street photography. Um, okay. I have, like, so many destinations I would like to go and just shoot for a day or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned like Academy. Uh, are yeah. you self-taught photographer or have you taken any... Uh, classes courses degrees in photography i am i'm pretty much a self-taught photographer from day one uh i've got a bunch of film that i've jacked up over time (laughs) to prove it uh i did take a course though however from a good friend of mine by the name of daryl todd who is a renowned photographer here in the dc area he has his own studio called the bakery studio in washington dc um, but I'm pretty much a self-taught photographer. Uh, again, started off on film cameras, kind of went into to digital from there, taught myself how to use, you know, the range finders. Uh, so yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much, it's pretty much been me. I do a lot of reading, a lot of YouTubing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, I got a lot of friends, uh, that shoot, you know, Leica as well. Um, so of course we, we brainstorm and, and kick ideas off one another, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's pretty much all on me for sure. That's good. That's good. Um, do you watch the Leica conversations on YouTube? I do. Uh, I've watched the Leica conversations. I actually had uh, a podcast that they actually did on me, the Leica store in DC. We did a talk, uh, I think it was earlier this year, which was real cool. Um, but yeah, I like listening to. A lot of the uh, Leica conversations, I've been to several of the Leica galleries that they have here in D.C. Uh, The last one I went to was uh, from my guy, uh, Randall Blythe, 
uh, who's out of Richmond, Virginia. He shoots like a. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I did go into those uh, exhibits meeting different people who, uh, who shoot the brand, which is pretty cool. So you, you were mentioned earlier when you took the course on how to use the rangefinder. Mm-hmm. When I started off, it was with an SLR. So it was a little confusing for me when I transitioned to the rangefinder. It's like the reverse, right? It is. Uh, mm-hmm. And now I can't use anything but a rangefinder. So even if I, because I, I have a Pentax 6.7. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever I shoot medium format, I have s- such a hard time trying to focus because I'm, I'm looking for the rangefinder patch. And then I realize I'm actually looking at what I'm going to capture. Um, exactly. So I don't know what it is. Just I'm so connected with the rangefinder. It's that's that's my tool of choice. I I, I can't choose anything else. So yeah, the rangefinder has a way. Is this just like a oneness mm-hmm. that you develop over time with the rangefinder? And and even though you know you may be using two different hands or obviously two different fingers. They're both kind of like in sync with one another, right? Um, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier with the muscle memory. You, you develop that muscle memory between the left and the right hand when you go to create that image. Uh, and it, it's, I feel sometimes, man, that I'm almost quicker doing that than I am in using an automatic camera. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, man. If there's no to me. There's no greater feeling when it comes to shooting. You have Full that control. feeling. I guess yeah. It's like you know. It's like hitting a golf ball and hearing the sound of the club hitting that white ball. You know, it's it's nothing like it. Once you start doing it and you hear that sound, it's like man, you wanna you wanna capture that same feeling again. And that's what shooting a like it does for me. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on there. Um, why did you choose like I'm curious? Man, I, you know what? Two 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 things kind of like drove me to Leica. I used to shoot Nikon, which was a great brand, great camera. Um, but I wanted to get into a smaller body for one. And when I found out, Ricky, that I could go to a smaller body and get the same image quality, if not better, to me it was just like a no-brainer. Um, I also like the fact that, you know, with the Leicas, by them being smaller bodies, uh, they're more inconspicuous. They mm-hmm. don't they don't necessarily scream photographer slash camera. Um, be that as it may, you know, it's funny because, as you probably know this, the cameras are actually like a conversation piece because you don't necessarily see a lot of people with that style camera. Uh, you know, it has that retro look. Yeah, which is very attractive to people, men and women alike. I had women that always walk up to me. It's like, wow, you know, that's a that's a that's a nice looking camera. You know, you know, men do the same thing, and and uh, these are people that are probably not necessarily photographers, but they just know that the camera looks dope. Yeah, you know, um, and so again, as you know, when you can get those strong images, and I love the way that. The skin tones are just so natural out of these bodies and lenses. It, it was just a no-brainer for me, man. And, uh, you know, obviously with it being a manual camera, they're better on batteries. 
and I just like the, the minimalistic approach to the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of bells and whistles, not a lot of buttons. It's just straightforward shooting. And, uh, and that's what I enjoy about it the most. Uh, everything you said, pretty much, I feel 100% the same way. Uh, so cameras are obviously the most recognizable object in the world, right? So it's mm-hmm. really difficult to shoot street photography with a SLR-style camera because when people see it, they instantly recognize you're trying to take a picture, right? And a lot of people now, um, they're very indifferent about that. They don't want their picture taken. So mm-hmm. holding the Leica and the rangefinder, you're less conspicuous because, like you said, not everybody knows you know, what the Leica is. It is right. a conversation starter. People approach me daily now. Oh, is that a camera? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> the funniest one I get is, is that Fujifilm? <laughs> I kind of giggle. Right. I have no no gripes with Fujifilm. Uh, I actually shot Fujifilm for a few years uh, mm-hmm. until I'm now. I'm I'm actually 100% like I actually just sold off all the rest of my Fujifilm gear. Um, okay. But I don't regret it. Uh, I love Leica, and I kind of just giggle, and I'm like, no, it, it's Leica. And they're like, oh, what's Leica? And then you're like, oh, it's just a camera band. Because uh, right. if, if they don't know what Leica is, I'm not going to go in there. It's kind of like if you're driving a Lamborghini and no one knows what it is, and you're like, well, what is that? Oh, it's just a car. So, Right, uh, exactly. I like to stay humble, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. You know, I, I mean. A hum- that's, that's a humble brag. It is. But, you know, because... Most people who do know what Leica is are like, oh, you're just an asshole with a very expensive camera. Well, yes, that's all true, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to go and say, hey, my camera costs this amount, you know. Right. I'm not all right. about that. It's, it's it's just the perfect tool for me, and I use it and, like you say, connect better and, with it. And that's it. At the end of the day, that's that's the, the tool of choice that you chose. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if it's a tool that fits you then to me that's just going to equate to you making better images Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah at the end of the day man it is what it is definitely all right so say a very promising up-and-coming amateur photographer approaches you what and asks you for advice what advice would you give them the first advice i give anyone who I guess it's starting out, you know, in the business or starting out as a photographer is uh, to shoot every day. Um, Most photographers, when they're starting out, don't necessarily know what they want to shoot. So I always encourage people to shoot every day. And then that way, I think you'll develop into learning and figuring out what it is that you like best to capture. Um, obviously, you know, if, if, if you like capturing sports, for example, um, you're probably going to be better at capturing what you, what you enjoy seeing or perhaps doing. Um, so my thing is, is always, always shoot what you like, shoot every day, shoot in different conditions. Um, and when, with conditions I'm talking about, you know, your sunny conditions, uh, low light conditions, uh, shoot at various apertures so you can understand depth of field and things of that nature uh, and just develop uh, a focal length that you perhaps like to shoot at because as we know 
some people like shooting wide, some people like shooting right more of a longer focal length. Um, and so, with that being said, those are some of the things that I try to to kind of uh, impart on photographers that are new. Uh, and the other thing I'll always tell people is even if you have an automatic camera, learn how to shoot that camera in manual mode. Then that way you'll you'll learn you'll learn your exposures, you'll learn how to use your apertures, and you'll also learn your ISOs, the ISOs, right? Uh, those three things, as we all know, are important to you know making a great image. Um, so yeah, those are those are my those are my suggestions, man, that I have for anyone starting out. Okay. Very, very, uh, the wisdom is all in there. I like it. Um, so you, way in the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned you shoot with your ISO and auto. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous when you first tried that? That's something I was always curious in trying, but I, I've never done it. You know, and, I, and let me just preface this by saying I shoot an auto ISO when it's a fluid type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm able to just set to 400, for example, on the, on the ISO, I'll do that. Um, I used to be a little nervous early on with doing the auto ISOs back in like my Nikon days because I felt like the camera always picked some crazy ass value. Yeah, that's super high. On, on, on the range. And I'm like, <laughs> It's in the middle of the daytime. Why is this thing selecting 8,000 as my ISOs? You know, it's like, this is crazy. So I like the fact now that, you know, you can select a range. And even in that given range, I feel like the cameras more accurately depict the correct ISO as you're shooting. So I do trust it more. Um, And with that being said, my range is really not that great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll obviously I'll try to stick depending on the time of day. If it's a bright sunny day, I'll go from maybe 160 to 800 on my range. You know, and I'll I'll go 800 because I know I may get into a situation where for example, um you know, I I got like low light or maybe I'm in a shade spot where I need that extra light, that extra push. Mm-hmm. Um but I know that as long as I'm out kind of like in a well-lit area, it's probably going to always stay around 160 to 200. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel comfortable with the way they have these new cameras set up. They're pretty accurate. Yeah, I see. Uh, I, I'm aware that about the ranges, so you could pick your max and all that. Um, yeah. I just, again, I was real nervous to try it because I wasn't sure. I, I like to stay at 400. That's like my median. Um, so, okay. I. And if it goes under, it goes under. But it for for me, my shutter speed, I like to keep around 500 as well just because i know it's fast enough to, to stop the movement and uh but so 400 and, and five 500 shutter speed that's that's my my normal starting set that's your normal go-to okay uh, yeah um i'm not trying to get into what what i shoot but um it's, it's just <laughs> it's more because of, of the auto iso I was, I was, i'm gonna try it now uh, i'm gonna test it and if it yeah, works it's, it's it's cool man like it, to me, it's just it's just like anything else. It's just one less thing mm-hmm. that I have to think about. Yeah, because uh, shooting in Tokyo, there's so many tall buildings, and then how the light falls depending on the lighting conditions. Yep. It's like you said, yep. like 
one moment I can be in, in direct sunlight and then I'll turn a corner and then it's just completely covered in shade. And now I'm missing yep. opportunities to to hit the auto eye. So I'm pretty sure other people had the same feeling and it is I'll just manually change it. But if it's already yeah. there and the function's there for a reason, why not use it, right? Right. So I'll definitely I know some people that like to shoot it. I know people that like to shoot it like 20,000. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand that. But for the life of me, like, why shoot at that when you can just, I mean, you can shoot raw and then you can always bring that image back into a correct exposure mm-hmm. if you just maybe dial it back to, say, 8,000. Yeah. But, you know, everyone has their own different shooting patterns. So yeah. it is what it is again. So I'm actually really glad we had the auto ISO. I'm, I'm going to test it. Not today because I really need to get these focus shots. But uh, one day I will definitely. And I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, tag me in some of your pictures. Oh, of course, uh, we'll do. Uh, if you like, we'll add you to the group chat I have with Remigio and Dante, and we we pretty much do the same thing, just okay. talking and, cool. and share photos. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, add me, man. Uh, if you could go back to day one when you held the camera, what advice would you give yourself? What advice would I give myself? Day one. Day one when I was like a, a child, when I was a little boy shooting. Wherever, well, okay, uh, we'll, narrow, we'll get a better range. Day one where you realized photography was going to be your your outlet. Like, this is, I'm serious about photography today. Today's my day one. I would say uh, go out and shoot things that are meaningful to you and to your heart I believe that when you shoot things that mean the most to you the things that you're most empathetic towards those opportunities will present themselves in resulting in the best images that you can capture Um, with that being said I'm like a strong proponent of shooting family, close friends, uh, which I believe helped create and develop all of us as shooters. Uh, Some of our best subjects, you know, could be mom, dad, sister, brother, auntie, uncle. Um, And, you know, in some respects, you know, I feel like I asked them sometimes too much to shoot. Like my daughters, you know, when they were little, I always used them as my little, my my, mm-hmm. my my test, my test models, if you will. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's important, I think, to shoot what's around you, and then that helps develop you when you go mm-hmm. out and you shoot people that you may not necessarily know uh, as well. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, you know, I... I don't really live with too many regrets, Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we can all sit back and say, hey, I wish I would have maybe covered this or shot this. But I'm a firm believer of, you know, what's for me is for me. What's for you is for you. So on and so forth. Um, and that there's enough out there for all of us. Um, we just have to kind of be in tune with what we like. Uh and kind of like go from there in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're in Okinawa. I would be shooting everything 
obviously as it relates to Okinawa. I wouldn't say, well, you know what? I'm here, but I'm going to wait till I get back to Chicago to shoot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, take advantage of what you had because what I've learned in this game is, is that we shoot a lot. Some of the things that we shoot may not necessarily mean much to you, but it means a hell of a lot to someone else, right, who may not be in your position, who may not be able to be where you are at that given time, and it may mean something to them. Um, And I'm learning that now, like, as I go, you know, people will approach and say, man, you know, I really like that shot, or I want this particular shot in this gallery. And I'm like, you want that image? And it's not that it's a bad image, but it just didn't hit me like it hit them. Just like a song. You know, you can play a song, it may not mean a damn thing to you, but it may mean something to somebody else that you know. And so with that being said, I think it's just important to try to cover all aspects as reasonably possible um, because you just may not know what it may what it may mean to somebody else mm-hmm. very good uh, I did I got to like when I first started street photography I thought it was only taking pictures of people uh, but when COVID hit I had to realize there's so much more to street photography than just taking pictures of, of people so uh, like you said, yep. uh, take meaningful pictures. What may not be meaningful to one person is meaningful yep. to another person. Uh, and yep. if I can capture meaningful moments for those people, then glad to. Yeah. You know, I did last year when the, when, when the pandemic hit, you know, we we're all at home, not able to really go out. And I felt like the need to get out and do some street work. And that was like in the beginning of COVID. So I, I was afraid didn't know what this virus was about. So I decided to go out and shoot a bunch of street stuff from the car. And so I'm just shooting everyday people, like coming out of their houses, coming out of the grocery store, walking the streets, bus stops, you know it, and everyone has a mask on. Well, I got a call from a local reporter friend of mine, her name is Megan Rivers, she's with the local CBS affiliate and speaking to my point she thought that that was newsworthy mm-hmm. right, at the time I I had an, a feeling that you know, it was something that needed to be documented, but she felt it was newsworthy and she did a story on that particular piece um, so again, that's what I mean by you know, we need to get out and actually shoot because we never know what it may necessarily mean to someone else. And if you if you look at that story 25 years from now, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are, say, for example, children or underage now may look back and say, man, why the hell were people walking around with masks in 2020? Yeah. Right. And so these images would then tell you and her story behind the images will tell you why that was actually occurring. Definitely. Capture right. a, a part of history. Exactly. And you're the first person I know that got news, newsworthy newsworthy photos. Oh, man. And you're the first I appreciate of, that. of many things. Thank you. So, this is a portion where I like to highlight 
the not very famous photographer. When I say famous, I mean like uh, Joel Meyerowitz, Gordon Parks, um, you know, someone that's not at that echelon of photography. Uh, who would you like to highlight and recommend, um, plug their social medias, uh, something and most likely this is how i came across you as remigio um brought your name up so uh, i will most mm-hmm. likely reach out to people you recommend look at their work and invite to the podcast okay they don't have to be like the shooters per se right uh they don't you prefer uh you prefer that it, it, it's uh, a <laughs> we try to keep it like a but uh you know um it doesn't always have to be like a let me just say this, man. Like, I'm just like a regular everyday guy, um, you know. And when I say that, I mean I'm I'm a freelance photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work with any agencies per se. I'm, I've been fortunate to to license work um, over the past couple of years, but there are a lot of photographers photographers who are, uh, I believe, more accomplished than I am. Um, Obviously, I consider them my peers, but I look up to them uh, as peers, if you will. Um, one of my good friends who I have been close with for the last six or seven years is out of Baltimore. His name is Devin Allen. I don't know if you heard of Devin, but uh, uh, Devin I is... I know exactly who he is. I watched his like a conversation. Yeah, Devin is my guy. Uh, man, he's been, he's been blessed to obtained two-time covers over the last five years. Uh, he's a Gordon Parks fellow. Uh, he does outstanding work in the Baltimore community. Uh, he's one of my closest friends in this business. Uh, you already stated Remigio Newton, who's also my guy. He's out of, you know, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Remigio's a good, good guy. He came down last year, actually shot one day with me doing a protest. We talked, you know, at least at least once a week. Uh, down here in D.C., uh, my girl Sharice May is a very accomplished photographer as well. She shoots on Capitol Hill. Um, she also has had uh, a few galleries, one being at the Leica store in L.A. Uh, also, she has a show at the Leica store in Bellevue, Washington. Um, and so she's, she's outstanding in her own right. Um, so those are just two to come to the top of my mind that actually shoot like her. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about plugging other photographers, matter of fact, I got one that I missed uh, out of Miami. I mentioned her earlier, Vanessa Charlotte, good friend of mine. Uh, she is out of, like I said, Miami. Uh, she's from, her family's from Haiti. Okay. Uh, she shoots like her as well. And uh, she's working on a project down in uh, Mississippi as we speak. Um, and outside of Leica, the first person that comes to mind is a good friend of mine named Dee Dwyer. Uh, Dee is a, is here in the D.C. area. Uh, she shoots, again, out of D.C., good friend of mine. And Dee, along with Sharice and another friend of ours named Andre Chung, will be exhibiting uh, up at Montpelier Farms, which is in Lower Maryland, for... Uh, Black History Month, uh, January into February. So looking forward to that exhibit with the three of them. Yep. 
I hope your exhibit goes very successful. Uh, I'm Thank gonna, you, brother. I, I hope to be there one day. So keep on thank keep you. on going uh thank you for uh, all these people um i'll get with you after behind the scenes and i like to add their 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 handles on how people can locate them in in the podcast details so um okay. i'll get with you with that and we can plug those uh and then my final question is something i learned from craig clark uh, i ask everybody now is what does street photography mean to you Uh, street photography means to me going out and capturing moments that we live in in this present time uh, so that we can at some point look back and see how we all existed together as a people. Um, street photography means going out and capturing various cultures, uh, various walks of life, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, so that we can all better understand not only how each other lives, but how we have more in common than not. Um, I believe photography in this sense it's like music. When you listen to music, you know, there's really uh, a coming together, if you will. Uh, music brings about various emotions, but it's like a universal language in a sense where everyone understands what is being conveyed in that particular song. Um, and in that sense, I feel like street photography kind of parallels that. Uh, it speaks a language that obviously doesn't have a voice but is understood through vision right and to me that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give uh is that gift of of sight that otherwise is not seen unless we're there to be that purveyor if you will unless we're there to be that conduit for that scene to be captured and so that's what street photography and photography in general means to me Oh, I like it. Conduit. Um, first time I've heard the reference, especially parallel. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it. I like to see other people's views. And uh, I was, it was a question that caught me off guard, but I was really glad that Craig Clark did ask me that. And I ask everybody I speak to uh, and everybody sees it differently. So uh, I'm really yeah. glad you were able to share how you see it. Um, Thank so, you. Those are that's all the questions I have. Uh, however, if you like to ask me any questions, um, feel free. Uh, I'll answer just about anything. Okay, cool. Well, I, first of all, thank you for having me, Ricky. Oh, thank you I for you. for coming and taking the time out. Uh, you know, it's really difficult sometimes schedules and me being on one side of the world and most people are in the states. Uh, but I, I like to accommodate the guests. You know, I mean, this is. You're taking the time out, so uh, I appreciate it. No, thank you, man. I appreciate the platform. I, my only question I say have have of you is, this is a it's a it's a great idea. What uh, what made you think about wanting to showcase photographers? Because um, I think it's a great idea. Uh, well, thank you for this question. Um, I was actually tired of 
feeling like my ability to be a good photographer goes overseen. Uh, a lot of it was a, of social media pressures, right? How we had that conversation earlier. Like, oh, you have to post every day. You have to post every day. Uh, and it, it was like, uh, okay, I know my photos are good, but I'm only getting uh, 10 likes, for example, right? So it's a lot of pressure like that. I felt like people may have felt something similar uh, and they're, they're, they don't feel like they're getting recognized, right? So whether anyone would admit it or not, recognition plays a vital portion in person's um, motivation to continue doing photography, right? So uh, I got into street photography with Leica and I felt like Leica just elevated, elevated me. So it just, okay. it, it, it motivated me more to highlight people who felt the same way as me uh, and I noticed like the the community within Leica shooters is just so much different. Like that's what I was gonna that's what I was gonna ask next. So you feel like the community is what kind of uplifted you and, and, and made you kind of feel good about being a shooter. Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, Leica shooters are very supportive. Um, when you shoot other brands, it's just kind of like, oh, well, what lens do you put on this? It ain't and the same. Right? Yeah, it, it's not the same. Everyone's just more focused on what camera you use. But when when you use a Leica, Leica shooters alike just know it's all about skill and how you control it. So, uh, again, yeah. I just I wanted to recognize people who felt like they weren't being recognized. Um, there's a lot of like you're probably one of the most, you know, um, Famous people that I've interviewed, I mean, works going into museums. So people who follow you, they don't they don't know much about you. They don't know how you shoot. Uh, they want right. to know about the person I'm talking about. Uh, so sure. that's what I, I'm trying to highlight, not just myself, um, but appreciate everybody yeah. in the community. So yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think that I think that one thing you know that people don't really get or understand is is that. You know, we have all chosen to shoot a particular brand because we like it. Not so much so that it's, or because that it's the easiest camera to shoot, because we both know it's not an easy camera to shoot. But we know that with practice and with hard work, the, res the results that we receive out of shooting um, are outstanding right of course you'll have your purists say that you can capture great images out of any, any camera which is true but when we're just talking image quality when we're talking skin tones things of that nature that all is encompassed in this particular brand of camera uh, and there's a oneness, like you said, just like there's a oneness in the community of, of Leica shooters, right? Um, and so there's not really a greater feeling uh, when it comes to a photographer and his or her camera. And so I think that's, that's what we all kind of get out of using this particular brand. Not to say that it's, it's better or that it's worse because there are cameras that match up pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. With 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 Leica, but it's something that you know you can feel 
proud about because you you it takes a while to master it. You you just can't pick the damn thing up and figure it out in two days. Um, and so with that being said, man, I think that's that's the joy out of it that we receive out of shooting with it. And when you can kind of bounce off the different ideas with other photographers who have experienced the same things that we've experienced, that's when the appreciation for the equipment becomes greater because I know what you went through to master your camera and you damn sure know what I went through and so on and so forth. I definitely agree. Everything you said, uh, yeah. It, and like you said, it just when you shoot, you, you could essentially take great photos with any camera, but it's just mm-hmm. I've I've shot every camera. Everybody who's listening to this knows I've shot every camera ran out there. And it, it's just right. something magical when you sh- do shoot and create photos with like it's it's just a different experience altogether. So totally different. I agree, thousand percent. So, uh, do you have any other questions for me, sir? Uh, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you know what? I guess so. Well, when will this, when will this, are we still on, on live? Yeah, we're, we're still recording. Yeah. Just, uh, when will this air or when will you post it? I'm posting as soon as I, I stop recording. Oh, Uh, I I try to go, I try to go for one uh, episode a week. So last week I was actually in, in Tokyo, so I wasn't able to record. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be, as soon as we're done here, just stop record and upload so no editing it's going up all this little bit okay. of side conversation we're having it's included too so <laughs> okay that's yeah. what's up i mean well i appreciate you for sure man appreciate no, no, time. no no i appreciate it again so uh again thank you uh and yeah enjoy the rest of your day hopefully you still have enough time maybe you can go out and shoot um but if well, not nah, it's uh it's late here. It's what is it here? It's it's seven thirty PM here. It's dark outside, so I'll probably watch some NBA basketball. It's Friday night, so Okay. That's well, what it's gonna be for me. Sounds good. Uh enjoy your games and uh yeah, I will get with you behind the scenes. Okay, man. Let's stay in touch. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.